Ladies and gentlemen, this is El Cochino, Tom Lawler, and I'd like to welcome you to the podcast that puts the lotion on its own skin, Lucha World. Bitchin'. Welcome everyone to Lucha World Podcast, episode number 121. Fredo Esparza here, and this week we are going to recap CMLL's 87th anniversary show that was held on Friday, September 25th in Arena, Mexico, in front of an empty arena, unfortunately, for CMLL. As um, I mentioned in the preview, for several weeks, CMLL was hoping to get at least a certain number of fans that could attend the event. Unfortunately, they were not able to get to that point because of what's going on with the pandemic. So they had the anniversary in front in an empty arena. And I think a lot of people were a little bit unsure about whether or not this show was even going to happen <laughs> as we got the news during the week. Um, as I said, last po- podcast, I did a preview of the show. And during that preview, I don't think a lot of the people that were announced um having um, been tested positive for the coronavirus had been announced at that point in time. So I guess I should go with what happened prior to the anniversary before before we get to it, actually. So uh, early during the week, I think on Monday, um, CMLL sent out an, an announcement. They actually had a, a special edition of CMLL Informa, which ended up being about a, a few minutes long, where Julio Cesar Rivera revealed that Yuvia had tested positive for coronavirus and had to be removed from the anniversary show. She'll be quarantined for two weeks or 14 days. And um, so she was off the show. They did not repla- announce her replacement at that point in time. I think they didn't because I, I know they, they started announcing them for sure on Wednesday. Um, so that meant that the two matches, the two matches featuring women was were both going to change Um with the challengers involved in that match. So we got to that point. A lot of the news from that point forward was where was Ultimo Guerrero and whether or not he may have um, tested positive for the coronavirus. But CML did not mention it at that point in time. Um, a lot of the, some of the rumors that had gone on for a few, um, I mean, it had been uh, something that had been discussed, um, not, you know, it had been a rumor that had been talked about, but not as well known about Ultimo Guerrero and Yuvia's relationship, but it was revealed in an article by LA Times uh, where, when they were talking about some of the luchadors having to do um, uh, 
other um, businesses in order to um, make some type of money. And Ultimo Girl, as many of you know, has a food truck that sells hamburgers. And so during that, during that, um, that article, they mentioned that he ran it with his wife or girlfriend. I think he's, it's, it's his wife now, um, Yuvia. So it's a, it's been a pretty well-kept secret considering CMLL hasn't brought it up and there isn't a lot of fans that really know about it. CMLL did not mention it during the, the announcement that um, Yuvia had tested positive for coronavirus. So that left us kind of wondering what was going on. A lot of people were kind of starting to think that that was going to be some one of the other announcements. Um, so we get to Wednesday, CMLL Informa, and they announced that all the champions are going to be the guests for this show. All the champions were okay. Um, they all tested negative. They were ready and able to go for this. Um, actually, not all the champions. I, I stand corrected. Um, I, I, I am wrong. There was one. I, I totally forgot because one, one of the matches was changed on the anniversary. Um, there was actually one champion that was did test positive. Um, so they're going, rather than announce who tested positive right away and tell us that these matches were not going to happen, this being CMLL, and Julio Cesar Rivera, they decided to go in order, match by match. So when somebody had, when they had news, it actually got announced during that segment. So um, somebody maybe tested positive higher in the card. It was not mentioned until very high in the card, and that we'll talk about in a bit. Um, but the first person that actually got revealed as having tested positive, as I mentioned, was Yuvia, but the, and Princess Suhei were the first two. Um, but then the third person that got revealed on this show was Ultimo Guerrero, Guerrero in his, in the second um, for the second match, and that basically changed that entire match. That match was canceled, the uh, postponed, more likely postponed because they did mention that um, girls Laguneros would defend their trios titles against Echicero, Terrible, and Templario at a later date. They specifically said sometime in October. Um, I'm guessing it'll probably happen sometime in October, but it could always happen later on. But they, they did say that that would be another a match that would happen. Um, basically, everybody that every match that got changed on this card, they announced that would happen or could happen in October, depending on the situation as far as those wrestlers' um, health status at that point in time. So that was the big, the first big announcement. During that segment, they then announced that that match was completely postponed and was now going to be replaced by Titan versus Soberano Jr. with Titan's CMLL World Welterweight title on the line. So we got that match instead, which was a very good replacement. I actually thought this was a, a great replacement. And it ended up being excellent, as I'll talk about as we run through the, the anniversary show matches. But the fact that that got um, added to the card, I thought that was great. Actually, I think that should have been something that was added to the card. And they should have just gotten rid of one of the women's matches. Uh, because I think they were stretching it a little too long with two women's matches on this show. Just because if you've been watching CML's women's roster, they, they just don't have the depth to do it. Especially if you're not going to have Harochita in a match. And she's one of the few women in the promotion that can actually have a good match. Although I will say Reina Isis re, re, um, did pretty well as in her matches. And she's actually been doing a lot better lately. Um, she had a really good match with um, with Harochita in, on one of the Friday shows. So they replaced the CML World Trios title match with the CML World Welterweight title match. 
So they announced that. Then they announced that Reina Isis would be challenging La Metallica for the Mexican women's national title. Then the fifth match, um, they announced Marcella would be defending the CMLL World Women's title against Dallas. Um, basically, they went with the second place um both second place not winners but the second place um the the women that were in second place got the got the okay to work the the replace the the winners of those um polls and so we got those i don't think a lot of people were too thrilled about dallas getting that match uh, if you look you have the, her fan base that was really in favor of it and some fans who kind of took it from a logical point of view of her finishing second place she probably is the one that deserves it if the you know obviously if the if the if the the winner doesn't get the opportunity it should be the the other person getting it the the the, the runner up and that's how if you want to see it that way that's fine but a lot of people kind of saw it as oh you know that's that's just Dallas kind of making her way into this match um, which ended up being a horribly horrible bad a horrible idea um, so then the sixth match which was initially going to be Volador Jr. defending this NWA World Historic Welterweight title against Bandito had to be changed because Bandito was the fourth person that tested positive for coronavirus and he had to be replaced um, and he was replaced by Templario. There were some rumors that Templario had actually been, um, may have also, um, he was showing signs of um, being sick, not, not, I guess they must have tested him for coronavirus and ended up not being that. Um, but there were some concerns about him possibly not being on this show as well. But, you know, he ended up being on it and he was, I guess he was okay. Uh, we'll know more about this because according to what was said on Informa, um, talent and everybody in that works the CML shows on Fridays have to get tested on Mondays in order for them to get the 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 results so they could get the okay to work on the Friday shows, which means not just the wrestlers, but the referees, the camera crew, the announcers, anybody that's going to be involved in the, in, within the arena on that, and on that, on the, for those tapings. So that was the fourth match that got changed. Um, everything else kind of stayed the same, but what was funny is that basically what ended up happening was there was really only one, two, uh, three matches that the fans had selected that actually ended up making it yeah it was three matches that had that that fans had selected that actually ended up making it onto the anniversary show um, and to be fair that's not even like so much the fans picking it just because they were given the cmll gave them the choices of who they could pick and it wasn't like a a, a broad selection of hey let's i want this person to have that opportunity um, but, you know, the fact that they added Titan versus Sobrano Jr. kind of tells you that at least somebody in CML's um, programming department figured they had to have one really great match on the card, um, that great-looking match on the card, and um, something the fans would appreciate, and that was Titan versus Sobrano Jr. So adding that was perfectly um, something, a perfectly good replacement. I mean, around uh, during the while they were doing Informa, I was going back and forth debating whether or not I was even going to order this uh, pay-per-view. And just them adding that match made me cha um, change my mind to, yes, I would order it. Um, then again, I did a preview show uh, podcast, so I, I kind of figured I had to order it anyways. But, you know, <laughs> there was that little bit of doubt that maybe you know, maybe, I'd, maybe I wouldn't order it just because it, it seemed like a... It didn't seem like it was a strong card, especially when they changed the women's matches. Not the... 
it wasn't even so much the change in the women's matches. I think just the fact that there were two women's matches um, kind of, to me, that's kind of getting, um, and I'm not saying this because I don't, I'm not a fan of women's wrestling. I, I am a fan of women's wrestling. I, I watch a lot of all Japan women's wrestling. I watched a lot of Japanese women's wrestling in the past. Um, I can enjoy a really good women's match from, you know, but it's like the past five years, female just has this really, really, um, a weak roster of women on, and it's it because it's not just it's not so much that um, they've lost women. It's more that a lot of the women they had that were very good, like Amapola and Marcella, they're getting older, and then they've lost some women like Zuxis who left, and um, it's and uh, a couple of other women that left as well, uh, and they've really not strengthened the roster by adding newer women. They have, but it's like for whatever reason, they don't really focus on them. Um, like like um, Silhouetta coming back, um, Stephanie Vacker, La Magnifica. I think all three of those women are, are talented and deserve opportunities. But Harochita is another one that ha- deserves an opportunity. But there's a, there's it's very difficult for CML to give them that opportunity when they have Marcella and Dallas kind of um, hogging <laughs> the the spotlight a lot for mo- most of the time and. Um, I kind of wish that they would actually step aside and let them others do it. And, you know, they kind of try to do that with the national women's title. Um, you have La Metallica and, and Reina Isis getting that opportunity. They're, they're newer women in the promotion, but um, they're not particularly um, great. Um, they're probably at best okay. And with, with Reina Isis kind of starting to show a little more signs of improvement. But um, I ended up ordering it. Just because of the Titan Sobran Jr. And also, I kind of wanted to um, support uh, Ray Cometa and Espiritu Negro, hoping that they would do well. And, you know, also the Cancer Barrows being on the card. I think there was there was enough uh, enough of a uh, of people that I kind of wanted to see on an anniversary show for me to actually want to watch it. Um, it didn't it didn't have that horrible cage match to it. Also, so I think that also helped. Um, also, I wanted to see what the shows look like nowadays because I haven't been watching the the weekly Friday shows since. I mean, I'm not going to pay five, whatever cost or whatever price they're putting for every Friday show. I'm definitely not going to pay for it. I don't know if this if this is going to be something that's going to be continual for CMLL, where every Friday show is going to be something I have to pay for. Um, I don't think I'm going to be ordering every single Friday show. More likely, if it's a big event, I'll order that one, the big Friday show. But like these other shows, the fact that when they were free, they weren't very good. I just don't see how they're even going to be the, as good as they were um, before that with people. Um, it's very difficult. So we get all those announcements. CMLL. Um, on, I, I waited. I even waited till the very last minute to order. I waited until Friday to order the, the pay-per-view. So I ended up, um, it was, when I first checked it, I think it was on Monday when I checked how much it was at. It was at $13.60 U.S., but um, the pay- peso had lowered, so it actually ended up being about $12.80. So I ended up saving $0.80 cents just because of my sheer um, uh, willingness to wait to the last minute to order this pay-per-view. And honestly, I thought this was a good pay-per-view. It was, um, it's very strange to watch Lucha Libre without fans, but I thought they were able to find guys, uh, for the most part, that could pretty much do... Um, Worked pretty well without anybody in the in the arena, and understood how to work to the for the cameras. Um, I thought this was a, actually a, a good pay per view. Uh, the when I first um, logged into the Ticketmaster Live uh, webpage, the they send you a link, and 
if you haven't used, if you haven't ordered anything through um, Ticketmaster Live, they basically send you an email with a link. And also, um, if you order something from the past from them, that is a link. Also, the link, the and you have an account with them. The odds are, if that link, the, the link they just sent you, or they don't send it to you, it's possible that one of the other links might work for you to um to um to watch the show for that week. Um, I didn't know that. Uh, because I, obviously I hadn't ordered any of the pay-per-views from prior to this, but the anniversary they sent me the the the, pay, the link via email. I clicked on it, and it actually worked decently. And then suddenly it just froze on me, and you get that little spinning circle, and it would not work for me. Um, what I did, I figured it might be my internet, so I actually turned off my internet and then restarted it, and it actually worked. It worked perfectly fine. It was on HD. And it was didn't have a problem. Um, I did not have any issues. In fact, I would say the Ticketmaster Live um, streaming service blew away every single other one of CML's pay-per-view attempts. Um, this was by far and away the easiest one I've used. And and you know, I will say that there were a lot of people on the chat on Ticketmaster Live. They have a chat on the side on the sidebar. Uh, a lot of the people were complaining about not being able to access the pay-per-view right away and they were complaining about it but I don't know it's possible it could have been their internet also that was the issue or it might have been something else that they were having trouble with um, I wouldn't know uh, one of the negatives about CML turning this into a pay-per-view having people to pay for it is that there was very little um, and, and it happens frequently with CML there's very little uh, discussion of it on social media, I did not see a lot of tweets about it beyond, you know, the the usual crew from, um, you know, Lucha Blog, Rob Viper, and, you know, the other Lucha people that that fought, watch it. But it's like there was really a, not a lot of people that were really talking about it. But this is very common with us, <laughs> with the CML crowd. Uh, we don't get the same amount of people like talking about it. And I don't think I really checked any a lot of the Spanish. Um, um, the Spanish um, social media if there was a lot of discussion about it but um, like I said I thought it was a good show um, the opener was Chamuel beating Microman to retain the CMLL World Micros title um, Chamuel won clean with a modified standing surfboard um, this was his first defense and I thought this was a, a good opener um, Chamuel looked really great Microman I think Microman um, looked a little bit uh, I didn't think he looked as crisp as he usually does but he did make he, he did all his big spots he was able to pull off he did the whole um guardrail walk and they actually did this really cool thing where they caught they they did a different camera angle and i, I brought this up on, on um on the other podcast on the lucha talk that um that they basically got it where he they you were seeing him walk the guardrail and then do the the head scissors off of you know do, do the head scissors onto Chamuel, and I thought that was a really cool um, visual. Hadn't seen it um, maybe because there's fans and they can't get the cameras close enough to do that, uh, but I thought it was cool. Uh, a really good match. Chamuel is a really good Rudo. Uh, thought he did a really great job in this match. Um, also, they 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 actually if you count Micro Angel, they had four referees, and I think this might have been the the best group of referees that they've had, although Olimpico sadly had to deal with the whole, um, he had to deal with a, a, a really crappy finish and I'm sure he's going to get the bulk of the blame for it from the fans. But if you actually know how, what happened in that match, you know it wasn't necessarily his fault. It was more, they wanted to get out of that match in a way where Dallas wouldn't win the title. 
and but she would end up still looking strong and looking like she got robbed um so it kind of made him look really bad in that match but um i thought i thought overall the opening match was good like i said chamal was awesome i i think the the when I when when I when I was previewing this match, I mentioned that I really think Microman, his big win has to come when there's a fan, um, fans attending, because I think you want that big pop for him for him for his eventual big win against Chumwell since he won the mask match. That's going to be his next big win. Um, I'm kind of hoping Chumwell gets maybe a, a singles match, a title defense against um, Gallito, maybe against um, Guapito. They got to they gotta mix it up a little bit just because there's really not a lot of depth right now in the Micros division. And I think just making giving Ch- Chumwell another big win against another challenger besides Microman would be another good way to like, you could prolong it a little bit considering um, I think this whole pandemic thing we're probably going to be um, dealing with this through early 2021 so you're probably going to the earliest I think you're going to see a lot of fans start attending is probably going to be um, March or April so I think if you could hold off until then for Microman's big win I think that's what you're what that's going to have to end up being the big um, the big moment for him uh, and, and really one of the big moments once the fans start attending shows again after that, we get oh, also the the other cool thing, and I got um, Lucha Blog told me that this was something that they're doing now on the on the live feeds. If you notice on YouTube, on on CML's YouTube channel, they post the interviews on there. Well, now those interviews that they're the post match interviews. Now, now instead of just putting them on YouTube, they're actually posting them. They're actually airing them immediately after the matches on the feed. So that I thought that was a really um, cool thing for them to do, uh, because not everybody, not everyone watches the YouTube um, <laughs> videos. Although you see a lot of people kind of clicking on those, but um, the live crowd probably just doesn't even realize those happen during the during the shows, or they have the opportunity to show them. But I thought that was a cool thing to do. The second match was Titan beating Soberano Jr. to retain the CMLL World Welterweight Title. This match was excellent. Uh, I haven't been watching a lot of uh, the a lot of wrestling this year because of the pandemic and the fact that there really hasn't been a lot of lucha, and I'm really not into um, I'm really not into watching uh, a lot of the other stuff that goes on in wrestling unless somebody recommends me I watch you know something from WWE or AEW. Um, it's not something I'm going out of my way to watch. Not because I don't want to, but because I'm also watching a lot of older wrestling. So um, for my other website and for other projects that I do, so. Um, my focus is mainly Lucha right now and of all the Lucha I've watched this was easily the best match I've seen this year this is definitely a match of the year candidate if you have not seen it um, hopefully you can find this match because it was excellent Um, both guys looked in amazing shape considering what they're going through and the fact that they're really has I think they've only been wrestling for about a month so so they haven't really been getting a lot, a lot of training, and um, although I'm guessing they trained a lot uh, during the, whenever they could, you know, it's not it's it's more about actual having um you know ring time, for a wrestling show, that they're kind of not used to right now. But these guys looked amazing. I thought um they both hit great dives in the match. Um, Titan looked amazing. I think right now Titan is 
at, at like I think he's finally reached that level where he's he should be a main eventer now. Um, Soberano Jr. looked amazing as well. Um, just a really fun match. Um, these guys were were really like this was a really fast paced match. Um, a lot of big spots in the match throughout. Uh, one of the things I noticed is that nobody really did the stage dive, and I was expecting that to happen, um, probably even starting with this match, and um, they didn't do it, and then you didn't really see it later in the card. But these guys were phenomenal. Um, really dug the the, the finish where um, uh, Titan wins with El Immortal, and um, this was very much worthy of replacing that trios match. In fact, I really think this blew away um, what would have happened with the trios match because I think the the, the the girls Laguneros probably would have just done the, the same stuff they always do against every trio not that it's bad but you already get used to seeing that and um, I know Titan and Sobrano Jr. had had a, a previous singles match with a crowd and but I still think this one was way better than that and these guys were fantastic um, they did a really great job I think the only time there was one spot where um, Titan saved Sobrano Jr. when they were going to do a top rope spot and so Brown Jr. kind of lost his balance a bit, but Titan was able to grab him and make sure that he didn't fall. And they they were able to do the move very well. Um, just a really, really um, great match. Um, definitely a match of their candidate. Go out of your way to watch that if you can, if you can find it, like I said. Um, hopefully, I'm hoping CML at some point will actually post this stuff um, just, just because, you know, yeah, you know, I paid for it and watched it, but it's kind of something worth other people should get it get their chance to watch it and and you know why not i mean or they could do a replay and put it up on Ticketmaster live as a as a replay for a certain price um i'd rather pay for this again five bucks for this this show again than watch some of those friday shows um but like i said fantastic match um, definitely i would say it was the best match on the card um hands down Although I think one of the other matches could have given it a, a good challenge for best match on the card. But I, I to me, I kind of just thought this was the best match overall. They were then followed by the third match, which was Reina Isis beating La Metallica to win the CML, the Mexican National Women's title. Um, this was Reina Isis replacing Yuvia. And I think this was a match that I kind of thought the title was going to change hands just because the two women's matches I thought were the two most obvious that were going to change hands just because if you look at who was challenging, um, you kind of thought they were, even like with UV, I thought she had a chance to win just because um, the people challenging were not, were pretty close to the level of the of the champion. And even like at the top when they replaced with um, Princessa Suhey with Dallas, Dallas because of political um how she's connected in the promotion um you kind of figure she had a shot of winning as well um whereas all the all the title uh, matches featuring the man um there was a late a, a more likely um more of a likelihood that the guys were going to retain just because their challengers weren't weren't quite at their level or weren't guys that were necessarily um strongly um uh, pro affiliated with cmll like with bandito's situation um so um, I kind of thought this was definitely going to be the match that was going to have a title change, and it ended up having it as Reina Isis won the title. Uh, this actually was an okay match. I think Metallica redeemed herself. If you recall, last year she had a really horrible match against Dallas at the at last year's anniversary, and at least this year she was able to at least have an okay match. I still don't think she's really shown her best in CMLL, in big matches um she's been very disappointing 
Uh, Reina Isis was the one that actually looked good in this match. I thought she looked. She she had a she had a really cool clothesline in the corner, and was actually doing some moves that, you know, you're more familiar with from um, Japanese wrestlers, and her, but she was busting out these moves. I still think she still does some stuff that comes across very soft, very light, and not a lot of um. It doesn't seem like it's something that's gonna hurt, um, and. It becomes very like it, it's very noticeable, obviously, and everything that wrestlers do isn't going to look like it's going to hurt. Um, but hers really looks like it's not. It's not going to um, hurt. Um, she's she she does a lot of um, like like her her kick her drop kick into the corner. It never looks like it's gonna because she goes so slow. It doesn't look like it's going to be even like it looks like she barely touches a person. Um, but I thought I thought she did good in this match. She did okay and. She showed some emotion afterwards, winning the after she won the title. Um, I don't think this match. Honestly, I think this match should have been placed second because I think I don't think it really lived up to follow up. Sobrano Junior versus Titan was very difficult for them. Um, it looked like you were going from a match that was going at one hundred and fifty miles per hour, and then you were going back down to like forty five miles per hour. With Reina Isis and La Metallica, um, maybe fifty-five if if you if it's your um, if it's you wanna you wanna like go a little faster, but uh, it wasn't particularly um, it wasn't quite what you would want following. Uh, I mean, you maybe do just because you want to slow it down a bit, but um, it just didn't. I don't know. I don't know if um, I don't know if this was an anniversary worthy match. It kind of felt like it was just another one of those um, CML matches that could have gone gone on another Friday show. Uh, but you know, Reina Isis won the title, and she, like I said, she looked she looked far better. Um, I gotta give her credit. She stay she had she looks in great shape. Um, you know, it's no one can match what Dallas looks like physically, but. Um, Reina Isis at least looks like she's been taking care of herself and looks like she can, she she she's not um she she hasn't really um she she looked she looked a far better than 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 some of the women have looked, um and some of the other some of the men too I mean some of the wrestlers you could tell they've been taking some a lot of time off during the pandemic, uh, which you know all of us have, and um, but like I said Reina Isis did a did a did a solid job, and um. I don't know. I don't know what Metallica can do afterwards. I mean, I I think that's it's going to be difficult for her to like to really move up on in CMLL just because I I just don't see it. like I don't like I expected more out of her cuz she's shown that she can work, but it's like it, I always feel like like she kind of comes across like a bit of a disappointment in these big matches twice against Dallas and um, Re- the Reina Isis performance like I said Reina Isis looked so much better than her, and um, I, I don't. I'm not really sure about her. Uh, after this match, we had NGD, La Nueva Generación Dinamita of Cuatrero, Forastero, and Sansón, beating Los Cancerberos, Cancerbero, Raziel, and Virus to retain the Mexican National Trios titles. Um, this was a good match. I thought it kind of started a little bit slow early on. Um, I don't know how many people. I don't. I don't know if a lot of people know. Sansone looked like he, Sansone looked like he hasn't been um, hitting the gym a lot lately, uh, which you know, I'm not gonna put. I'm not gonna get too hard on him over it. Just he just kind of looks like he's kind of like, 
not really been um he does like you look at Quatro and Forastero, you could tell they're still like keeping and staying in shape, but Sansone kinda of looked like he wasn't um he kinda of looked a little chubby. Uh but I thought this was a good match. As the match went on, it got it got a lot better. I thought Virus Rasian Cancerbero looked really great in this match. Um Virus obviously always always looks great. Um, I thought Raziel would look really good. You know, that's one of the things that I that always bothers me with CML is that these three guys, like, well, Virus always, like, he's always kind of in, in that upper mid card, that third to fourth match of the card level wrestler. Although in the past he has been even in semi-main event matches and even main events. But um, lately it's been more of that third, fourth match card of the card, match of the card. And... Raciel Cancerbero have been stuck in first, second match when really, I think even Raciel, when he's had an opportunity to work against better wrestlers or more experienced wrestlers or guys who are bigger names, he's been far better. And I think Raciel should have been moved up at least. Um, I honestly think they should have done something with him with like him, Mephisto, and um, and Echicero or something like that or Cancerbero, Raciel moving up with Virus up the card. All I know is that I... After this match, I thought the Cancer Barrel should be a, a trio that should be higher on the card and should probably be ahead of Hijos del Infierno just because they, they do so much better against um, the higher card talent. Um, even Cancer Barrel looked solid in this match. Um, the, the the finish to this match was the Cannonball, which I kind of liked just because um, what they did was they put everybody in the... They put all the Cancer Barrels in the corner and then right when they were going to go for the, for the Cannonball... Um, Virus moved out of the way, and then Sansone did a tornado to the outside onto Virus uh, and to to get him out of the match, and they pretty much kind of protected Virus from losing, and they had um, Rasion Cancerbro get pinned by um, Forastero and Cuatrero. I thought that was a pretty. I, I actually like that finish. There's a few people that did, said they didn't really. They thought it was a little bit weak, just because um, everybody else um, in, early in the card were kicking out a bigger mat, um, bigger moves, and this kind of seemed a little simple. Um, and that was the other thing. The I thought the Reina Isis Metallica match, they went so long that it kind of started to like you could start seeing from about the fourth match on that um the the car, the show was going to go long and you knew at some point someone was going to get cut for time and I think that ended up being the the tag match in the main, the main event that ended up that ended up happening um because these guys still got a lot of time and and um everything was one fall like uh, like what was mentioned and these guys, like I said, these guys looked really good. Um, the cancer barrels looked good. And, you know, you st- the one thing I will say is that NGD is kind of starting to get to that point where they're becoming similar to the girls, Laguneros, where they have so many spots that are sa- the same over and over again that their trios matches are starting to come across very repetitive. I think the one big difference between NGD and girls, Laguneros, is that girls, Laguneros, because they did those, that tag tie, that tag team run with um with Grand Girl and Euphoria, and then they also have Templari to throw into the mix. That they actually don't they they kind of refreshed up the group, and also Tuma Girl kind of teaches the other guys a lot of um, to come up with new um tag team moves or or trios moves, so they're a little fresher at certain points in time. Whereas um, NGD kind of feels like it's starting to get a little bit too repetitive. Um, I would hope that they would at least change it up a bit. Um, that could also be that they need to get like different opponents every once in a while, but you know, it's CMLL, who knows. The fifth match on the card was Marcella retaining the CMLL women's title 
against Dallas via DQ. Um, this match was hands down the worst match on the card. I did not like it. I thought, I mean, I thought the match itself was probably okay. Um, I didn't have a big problem with it because, but it was very pretty much the same because we've already seen Dallas versus Marcella multiple times, numerous times over the years. And so it kind of like, they pretty much just did about the same type of match that they that they did before. I think the biggest difference now is that Marcella has, um, she was one of the people that kind of looked like she was in, um, she was in, in, in great shape and she's also older. So she doesn't do a lot of the cool stuff she used to do. Um, it wasn't too long ago. I mean, maybe five years ago where she was doing these really cool um, head scissors out of the corners, uh, out of the corner of the ring uh, of the uh, uh, over the top rope out of the corner she what she would do is she would do a she would go into to the outside and then she would do like a, a a head scissors coming back in into the ring from the corner and i always thought that was a cool spot well she doesn't do that anymore she basically just sticks to the same stuff you know the the the, the foot stomp the double knee stomp stomp um you know the it's basically it's basically a lot of the repetitive stuff that Marcella that we've seen from her and Dallas obviously is very limited in the ring and um, what ended up happening was Dallas cleanly submitted Marcella to the Scorpion Deathlock but what they decided to do was um, they had Olimpico reverse the decision and disqualify Dallas because she wouldn't let go after a five count the problem was that the five count was so quick a five count that it just didn't come across that well. Um, had they made it something where it, they should have had Olympico count to ten instead of, and and said that she wasn't breaking the hole instead of just going straight to a five count. They should have done something like where it was like you know one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, four Mississippi, five Mississippi, and then like have him like warn her at that point, but keep on like giving her an opportunity, and then just go at least you know to 10, 10, 10 Mississippis, then call for the DQ then that would have been okay. But what they did was they did it so fast that it made it look like they robbed Dallas. So somehow Dallas not only lost the match in a way where she didn't have to come across, you know, where she got pinned. She basically just lost via DQ and she ended up winning because now a lot of the fans are like upset at Olympico for the fast count on the on, on breaking out up the, 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 the Scorpion Deathlock. So now they're kind of upset and blame are upset at CMLL and Olympico. So now you know that at some point Dallas is going to have to get another match, and it's it's a it's a it was just a mess. Um, I did not like it. I thought this was a, a really like a, a really crappy finish. Um, I I wish they wouldn't have done that. But then again, I didn't want to see this match to begin with. Uh, I think this was their way of like. I think people kind of predict figured Dallas was going to win the title, so they kind of wanted to swerve everyone into like thinking she was going to win and then ended up like costing her the, the, the match. But um, it was a really bad way of doing it. And it, I don't think it worked at all. Um, it, it made everyone look bad in this match. And um, hopefully Marcella will have a better match against Princesa Suhey. But like I said, that's another thing. I just don't think Marcella is a, you know, this isn't 2010 Marcella. This is 2020 Marcella and she's just not as good as she used to be. Um, she has not aged as well as um, some of the, you know, like Nero Casas. Not everyone ages well as Nero Casas in the ring. Um, and it's not, I'm not even just shoot, um, saying Marcella. There's a lot of wrestlers that don't age well and don't continue at the level that, that 
that someone like Nero Casas has been able to maintain for so many years. It's a very few. There's very few that are able to do that. Uh, but like I said, this match I was not impressed with and did not like. And I would say this was easily the worst match on the card. The sixth match, the semi-main event, was Volador Jr. beating Templario to retain the NWA World Historic Welterweight title. And this match was really good. Um, in fact, I would say it was maybe a notch lower than the Titan Sobrano Jr. match. And maybe that was just because um, Titan Sobrano Jr. was so early into the in the show and there wasn't as much of a, of a, a you know, a dislike of anything prior to it or there wasn't anything going into the match where I was like, man, this is, or the time, it was very early. Um, by this point in time, the show had gone on a little longer and you obviously had a couple, like the, the Rain Aces Metallica match went a little long and then you had, um, you had Dallas and Marcella have that really like, not so good match and then that horrible finish of a, of a, for the match um, so I kind of thought maybe that that kind of like maybe that cost a little bit of my view in, in, as far as how much better this match was but to be fair I thought it was a, a really good match honestly if, if, if you thought this match was better um, you're probably you're probably you could be right on it I think there, you go with either one. I would say I would still go with Titan Sobrano Jr. being the better match. Um, but I thought Volador Jr. looked really good in this match, as did Templario. Templario looked amazing. I think Templario's probably, um, I think he's probably the best Rudo as far as being able to work with guys like Volador Jr. and, and Caristico, Mystico, just because he could do some of the stuff that they can do. And like I was saying with Volador Jr. in the past, I think Volador Jr. misses a lot of the guys he used to work with, like uh, Mascara Dorada and La Sombra, where they could do like a lot of stuff like like that that he, he used to be able to do. Um, when he was a, when he was a Rudo, he had other guys that he could do that against. Um, but as a Technico, a lot of the Rudos can't do that, can't work that fast style. Templario can, and he really did a great job because he was able to keep up with um, Volador Jr. And you could tell Volador Jr. was really, really um, determined to have a good match against um, Templario. And you also saw that he had a lot of respect for Templario's, um, what he could do in the ring because he was doing a lot of great stuff with him. There were a lot of big moves in this match. Um, I thought this was, like I said, a lot of great stuff in it. Volador Jr., um, he took those crazy bumps. He does hits to the outside in front of an empty, no fans. That that salida de ben, bandera that he does, it's like this rapid fire salida de bandera, um, and he did it in this match. And and every time he does it, and I've even asked him, I asked him in one time when I when I was talking to him, I go, how do you take that spot? Because it's it's so um, it looks like you're always hurting your back or the side, and and he said it's just all those times he does it, it's just something that's instinct that he's so used to doing, and um, you know. Th- Volador Jr. ended up winning this match with a Poison Rana on Templario. Just a fantastic match. Templario held his own. Um, They were really just going at a rapid pace. Um, The one thing I will say, the biggest difference between them and a lot of the other matches that that happens, that they, they, they could work that speed at that pace and it just looks so natural for them and and it looked amazing and I thought they were they were really great um Templario definitely belongs higher on the card he's definitely the guy that you know w- once this whole um pandemic is over and guys can start working in the United States 
Templar is one of the guys that definitely has to be um, coming to the U.S. because he's heading to Japan because the guy is so good. Same thing with Titan. I think Titan's somebody that really has to start um, getting more out there than than what he is right now because he's an excellent wrestler. Um, I don't know if they're going to be able to do this as much just because, like I said, with CML, their roster's really thinned out. Um, but, you know, to be fair, they're also willing to actually put a lot of those guys you know, guys you would never have seen on a Friday show are now making it onto Friday shows frequently and um before the whole um you know, before the whole shutdown, uh, we were getting Okumura on practically every week. So that kind of shows you that CML's kinda of changed their their policy or whatever. Um, if there was a, ever a policy of who could be on cards. Because to be fair, they've even had worse guys in the past. Um after this match and I actually thought this match, I mean, honestly, the Bolander Jr. Templario match, of all the matches that were on this card, I think this probably should have been the main event of the show. Just because, um, like I said, these guys were, were were just going at all cylinders and they were just, you know, I don't know. I just thought they were awesome in this match. They're, they're, they're definitely, these are, you know, honestly, the two, the, this, it, this is a show. What I got out of this show is that you really have a, probably, um, CML strength is that welterweight division, and I think that's something that they really should focus on. While this is go- while they're going through this whole pandemic and everything, is just put these guys out there. Like there's so many guys in that in that division that are so good. You, you know, these four guys to go along with Nero Casas. Um, I think uh, Forastero is also in this mix. Uh, Carvernario can be in this mix as well. He's been in it in the past. They elevated him. Ray Cometa is also in there. I think they got they got to do a little bit more with these guys because they're so good. Um, it's a really great division. Bandito, obviously, also in there. And, you know, the cool thing is, like, I was kind of hoping, like, of all the matches that were on the card <clears throat> that I thought maybe there could be another title change was really this one when Bandito was in it. But I honestly thought that maybe even Templario should have won the title. Volador Jr. could win a title any other time, and there's so many other titles in CML that he could win. That um, I think they could have done that. Yeah, I think this was probably the one match of the of the men that where they could have had a title change, and it would have done been very interesting just because you could always have Volador Jr. chasing another title. But I think the other thing was that I think it would have been meant that we could have got Templario versus Bandito in October or November, and I think that would have been awesome. And um, but I guess we're going to get Bandito Volador Jr. But hopefully they do do something with Templario versus Bandito at some point. And, you know, the cool thing was that even like the, the four people that were in the, 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 that, the three people that were in the poll for, to challenge Volador Jr., you could, they, they got to bring back the four-way match that they actually, <laughs> that CML invented for Jushin Liger's farewell. Um, they really need to do that just because I would like to see a, a Templario, Sobrano Jr., Volador Jr., Bandito four-way match would be awesome. The main event of the anniversary, of course, was Caristico and Mystico beating Espiritu Negro and Rey Cometa to retain the CMLL World Tag Team titles. I was really hoping that this match would be good and it would be an opportunity for Rey Cometa and Espiritu Negro to finally get an opportunity to move up the card um, and, and you know, be a regular tag team and Maybe this would be open the door for CML to have more tag teams, um, focus on tag teams, not so much have more tag teams, just focus on tag team wrestling. And unfortunately, that was not the case as Espiritu Negro and Ray Cometa. I thought they kind of 
weren't able to step up to the main event of an anniversary show. And to be fair, you know, you're talking about Espiritu Negro going from an opening match wrestler all the way to not just a main event of a Friday show, but the main event of a anniversary show, which is the biggest show of the year. And so I think this was the expectations were kind of high. And uh, they uh, unfortunately, they just they just couldn't match it. Um, they're a fun tag team, and I actually think they should be given a second chance, maybe on a regular Friday show, uh, because they 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 look cool together, and there's a nice storyline behind them, and fans actually want to support them, and I hope they give them an, another opportunity on just a, another Friday show, especially because they were doing a lot of tag team matches with them beating some some tag teams. I think they really should consider just continue to 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 keep them together and see if they could kind of like move up. <laughs> I made the comment that maybe they they should first challenge after challenging them maybe before giving them another match against Mystico and Caristico, they should challenge Atlantis Jr. And, and Flyer for their titles, the national tag team titles. Then maybe move up to that, or maybe they could get their Arena Coli Sale tag team titles. Although those are the that that would be the death nail to um to poor Ray Cometa and Espiritu Negro's tag team run because those titles did nothing for anyone. Um, they need to stay vacated. But um. I thought I had high hopes for this, and I thought they looked, Spiritu Nero and Ray Cometa looked cool as a tag team, as did the Caristico Mystico tag team. But uh, unfortunately, Ray Cometa, as soon as he, he couldn't get the Brio Cometa done right and he got caught on the ropes, fell. The one good thing is that at least he did not get seriously hurt and he was able to continue the match. But um, I thought as soon as that happened, I think that match just fell apart completely. And then they kind of went instead of this being one of the longer matches it actually went very short i do think that this maybe should have been something that they should have they should have had the main event be two out of three falls just because maybe they could have like saved the match um if they would have had that that botched spot happen in the first or second fall then they could have ray come at the try it again in the third fall and i think i'm pretty sure he probably would have pulled it off and then we probably would have talked about this match a little differently just because they would have had um the third fall to like fall back on that you know, hey, they, the first two falls they had they struggled, but at least in the third fall they made up for it. But unfortunately, it was a one fall match, and um, they just could not recover from that. And um, a lot of stuff they were kind of like a little bit um, off on. It wasn't a very crisp match. Um, Caristico and Mystico. Um, I thought Caristico looked good in the match, but I, I wasn't really as impressed with Mystico. Uh, the Mystico Caristico tag team ended up winning with a double Mystica on both Espiritu Negro and Rex, Ray Cometa. There really wasn't any like a lot of um, kickouts of big moves or anything for the most part, other than than um, them kicking out of um, Ray Cometa's 450 splash. But it wasn't. It was a. It was a bit of a dis, a bit of a letdown of a main event. I, I thought I was really hope as a. I'm a big Ray Cometa fan. Um, I always felt he's not been given a big push. And the fact that they were able to do this now and his brother got elevated, it would be interesting if if Ray Cometa had had a different tag team partner, say, and I'm not saying like Pegaso, although Pegaso probably would have at least been somebody who had had more experience teaming with Ray Cometa. That's another thing. Ray Cometa and Spirito Negro, um, even though they're brothers, they haven't really teamed up that often. I don't even think they team. Maybe they team up in um in Querétaro on on indie shows there, but um in CMLL and on big shows they very rare, they they I don't think they've ever teamed up, and because Spirito Negro has mostly been a Rudo and Rico Meta's a Technico, but um they 
they um it's not like this is a, a new a, an old tag team that's been together for a long time and um I don't know, maybe if Ray Comenta teamed up with Pegaso, he would have had a better shot against Caristico. Mystico would have looked a little more impressive. Um, but, you know, that didn't happen. I do think, I like the fact that Caristico Mystico wanted to give him a second chance um, for a title match or even like a mask versus hair match. I think that would be fine. In fact, I, I, I hope that, I hope CML doesn't just give up on these guys and gives them, a, continues to push them, you know, in the third or fourth match for a while, maybe semi-main events. CML right now is pretty much a five-match show on Fridays, I think. Um, so, you know, they've usually, you know, it's it's not even like, other than the opener, everything else can be like, like it, it, it it's changed the way they, they have their, their, um, their cards. So it's not necessarily, you being in the second match isn't quite like being in the second match on a regular Friday show where, you know, you knew you were going to be, like it was going to be a certain group that was going to be stuck there. Especially for the, the shows that air on Ticketmaster Live, the the other tapings they kind of have are kind of, they've had some lineups that look really bad, but the 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 Ticketmaster Live Friday shows, um, they haven't looked as bad. But like I said, this match, disappointing. Um, I wish, I really wish they if they could if, if that Brio, it'd be interesting. What if that Brio Cometa gets pulled off? Would this match have looked a lot better? Would we be talking about it a little differently? But I thought this was probably the main event was probably like the second um, lowest match on the card. Honestly, as far if you're gonna rank the matches, I'm gonna rank all seven matches. Since um, why not? Let's do it. Let's be honest. I'll say the best match on the card, hands down, was for me Titan versus Sobrano Jr. I would put that in first place. Second place, I would put Volador Jr. versus Templario. I thought that was another really good match. Third place, I would actually go with um, the trios match with um, NGD versus Cancer Barrows. Fourth match, I would go Chamuel versus Microman. Fifth match, I would go uh, Reina Isis versus Metallica. I thought that was way better than the than the tag match. Sixth match would be the tag match, and then the with Caristico Mystico versus Espiritu Negro and Ray Cometa. And the seventh and the worst match on the card easily was Marcelo versus Dallas. Um, that's how I that's how I saw it. Um, overall, I thought it was a good show. I would say you had two matches that were well over four stars if you're into star ratings. Uh, with Titan Sobrano Jr. pretty much getting close. I would say it was close to a five-star match. Um, honestly, I kind of thought that was how good it was. Those two matches, well over four stars. And then I would say the 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 micros, the trios in that three star range, higher than three stars, somewhere in that range, and then the the Rainus's Metallica match probably being a little bit you know in the okay above average match, and then the other two matches were were you know the Dallas Dallas Marcel gets the dud. <laughs> it doesn't get a negative star rating. It gets a dud. Um, it would I would give a negative star rating to the to the finish, but the the match overall I thought was a dud. They should have just got rid of the match. Honestly, I think this should have been a six match card, and it would have been perfectly fine. It, in fact, it, you could have given all that the time that they gave Marcelo Dallas to the the tag match, and who knows, maybe they would have pulled off something a little bit stronger. Um, but you know, so if you missed the show, um, like I said, uh, maybe you can find it online somewhere. Uh, maybe at some point in the future, somebody will post it. CMLL or somebody will do it. Um, it's it, like I said, it was two matches are definitely worth watching, and that you, you know that are definitely must see matches. So I would say, 
I would say it was a it was a it was a good card. Um, really enjoyed it. Um, other stuff that happened, oddly enough, there was another title. The one thing I will say about the anniversary that really disappointed me. This was a big show, and they only had one title change. And I think for it to be the anniversary show, I think there should have been at least two title changes. And I'm not talking about um, one of the other early card matches. I think one of the main of the the top three matches, top two matches. I think really either the tag titles or the welterweight title should have changed hands. And since you there was no way you were gonna have. Caristico Mystico lose. I think that's why I thought Volador Jr. should have dropped the title to Templario. You know, honestly, Volador Jr., I think it would have been cool because Volador Jr. could have like focused on, on challenging all three welterweights, um, including Titan and, and, and Sobrano Jr. I think that would have been something cool for him, something different for him to do, like him focus on challenging the, for those three titles. Um, he doesn't really need a title. He's been around CML for a long time. He's already established himself as a superstar in the promotion. So I think they really needed at least one more title change at the top, and they didn't do that. And I kind of think that's probably something that a lot of fans are going to look at and say that that was one of the one of the, the the bad points about the anniversary this year was that there wasn't that other um, big match as far as a, a big, especially since you don't have a mask or hair match on it, you had to have that other big title change. And oddly enough, there was another title change in CMLL. But it was on one of the TV show, um, one of the other TV tapings for um, for one of the other TV shows that they air, and it was Diamante Azul who won the Mexican National Heavyweight Title from El Terrible, uh, which I thought was funny uh, because it CML did not really go out of their way to announce it right away. I think they announced it early Saturday or mid Saturday, mid afternoon Saturday, and that was basically it. Um, that just tells you how many titles CML has where they have another title and they just basically had Diamantes will win it on one of their shows that odds are people didn't even realize was on. Um, that was um, that was something. I don't know. Maybe they should have replaced um, Marcelo versus Dallas with Diamantes will versus Terrible. I don't know if it would have pleased anyone, but I don't know if people would have been happy just because Diamantes will gets even if there's anybody who is more disliked um, by the hardcore fans, it's probably Diamante Azul. And um, probably would have been some people questioning that decision. Although I think Terrible being the champion would have been very, he would have been very okay with dropping the title to Diamante Azul as he was. And he would have definitely done it on the anniversary show. Um, CML also announced that they need more titles. So they are bringing back the national women's tag team titles. Um, they announced back in March a tournament to declare the new women's tag team, national women's tag team champion, champions. So, of course, they are going to do it for the month of October. And since it was postponed, they're doing it in October. And it is starting the first three weeks of October. Um, I'm guessing they're going to have to change some of the teams because um, Yuvia and Princesa Suhei are out right now. Unless they go, not this week, but the following week, maybe they could get in, in that on, for the, for that for that um for that um sh- for those shows for that show um i don't know um i think it's a risk to have them out there right now they probably shouldn't be wrestling till at least even like after this the first two weeks of october so um i don't know but i'm not really that excited about the women's national tag team title tournament 
I'm not prob- I'm not gonna watch that. They did also announced that the Dia de los Muertos show was gonna be happening late in late October. Um, all October shows will be available on Ticketmaster Live, much like this um, the September shows. I think the price is a little bit steeper now. Um, they raised the price. Uh, I'm not gonna watch any of those regular Friday shows. I will definitely watch the Dia de Muertos show. Actually, I might not even watch that because I might not be if it. I don't know when it falls, but if it it falls on a on a day that isn't Halloween, I'll watch it. But if it's on Halloween, I might not be able to watch it live. So that's going to be difficult um, since I already I already have plans for this for for Halloween. So um, I don't know how that's going to work out, especially since they're not actually let um, taping the show. They're not actually like they're not. If you order it. You have to watch it live, and you can't watch it later on on VOD. So I think that's really stupid of Ticketmaster Live to do that, uh, and CML. I think it's something that they really should fix and and have it available. F- that if you pay for it, you could actually watch it on VOD at a later date, a time. Um, at least give people at least a forty-eight hour, seventy-two hour time for them to watch the shows. Um, so. Um, that's it for this week. We I know that AAA will be running their Auto Lucha shows in early October as well. I don't know if those are going to be... Um, I know they're going to tape the shows for TV. Um, once those are up, maybe we'll do a podcast covering those shows. Uh, who knows what's going on with um, all that stuff. But... Like I said, if you if you're if you're interested in watching the anniversary, um, hopefully you could find it um, a good show. And um, well, before I leave, I should mention that um, you be sure to check out luchaworld.com for all the latest news. We'll keep you updated on what's going on in Lucha Libre. Right now, I'm really only doing one Lucha report a week, just because there's really not a lot of news. So I usually just wait till after Informa to post it. If you want more to support Lucha World. And you want more content like Lucha Libre magazines, magazine write-ups. Um, I also have the video, uh, a video vault, a monthly video vault available for um, for everyone. And more podcasts, including Lucha Classica podcast and the Retro Wrestling podcast. Um, check our our Patreon at Lucha at patreon.com slash Lucha World. Um, that you could get all that stuff. There are tiers at one dollar, three dollars, five dollars. At five dollars, you get the video vault. That's the big, the the bonus on there. But at three dollars, you get the if you're a lucha fan, you get the 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 lucha classica podcast, and you also get lucha magazine write ups, which are really good. Um, there's a lot of stuff that I write. There's a few that have tons of results. Some that don't have a lot of results, but they have a lot of interesting news and rumors on them. So. Check that out at patreon.com slash luchaworld. Uh, thanks again, everyone, for listening, and we will be back again soon.